Welcome back to the Wild at Heart podcast. I am your host, Emily Priestley. I am a multi-certified dog trainer who works with herding breed dogs struggling in pet dog homes. Social media is necessary for any business these days, and dog trainers are included. It's also a complicated place to navigate and try and figure out if you don't have a user manual. I've heard some amazingly qualified positive reinforcement trainers say they don't know even where to start on Instagram, so they just avoid posting. I've certainly had to fumble along, and I've made many mistakes as I've grown my account. Maria McNeil is the opposite. Where I fumbled, she's gained ground. Her love for the algorithm and her down-to-earth posts have grown her account, Two Smart Dogs, to 116,000 followers. Maria is a dog mom to the two stars of her account. Bodie is a Merle Border Collie and Sunny is her black and white sweet soul. She posts about enrichment and is passionate about helping humans and dogs live their best lives. But behind the scenes, Maria is also passionate about helping us force-free trainers excel on social media. While most people tend to gatekeep tips and tricks, Maria willingly shares her knowledge. When I asked her to come on the podcast to chat about dog enrichment, she actually suggested we talk about helping force-free trainers on social media instead, and I jumped at the chance to have this conversation. I know you're going to love Maria as much as I do, and I'm so excited to introduce you to her and to her account if you haven't followed already. This episode is brought to you by my book, Urban Sheepdog. I wrote it to help you better understand your herding breed dog, especially those struggling to fit into an urban or non-working home. It's part user manual and part love story, and it's available on Amazon worldwide. The Kindle edition is now available, so pick it up today and fall deeper in love with your dog. Well, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. And I feel, I'm really excited because I feel like this is going to be a super Canadian. I don't get many Canadians on my podcast and I am glad to have a Canadian on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> I'm even, I'm wearing underneath my hoodie, I'm wearing um, my Canadian tuxedo, my, my wool undershirt. So, yep. and I feel like whenever I talk to you, my Canadian accent comes out a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so let's start off by um, telling us, t- why don't you tell us the dogs you have and your dogs are internet famous basically, but tell us which dogs you have right now and what you're working on. So, um, I have Bodie who is three, about three and a half years old and he is an absolute angel. Um, he, we're not working on anything behavior wise right now. He has, um, he's went through some reactivity in the past and some resource guarding and we kind of got it all under wraps. So now we're focusing on agility with Bodhi. Um, that's kind of the main thing that we train for at this point. Um, and then Sonny, my my sensitive soul, he is, he'll be three actually in a couple of weeks. Um, and he is going through some, uh, some noise issues right now. He had a sudden onset of uh, noise phobia after a, a little incident, but we've made huge progress in a very short period of time um and yeah that's that's my dogs right on well that's I mean there I love both of them I like we talked about one time I have a hard time picking my favorite (laughs) (laughs) but I think Sunny is kind I have a soft spot for Sunny but I found out the whole internet has a soft spot for Sunny so now I have to have a soft spot for Bodhi (laughs) (laughs) the real world uh, seems to like 
Bodhi the best and the internet seems to like sunny. So it really kind of balances out for them. <laughs> That's really nice. So yes. your social media account, um, I think I came across it because, well, through Kate, we have a mutual friend. And yes. I think that's sort of how I first found you, but your social media account has just really exploded. Like it's even in the short time that I've been following you, it's gone, it's gone, it's skyrocketed for a while. I was yes. watching you were just getting like, it was like thousands of followers, like in, in, in a week, I was like mind blowing. Yep. <laughs> and so your social media does feature the dogs a lot, but it also features a lot of enrichment and yep. you seem very passionate about enrichment. So guide everybody through sort of how you went from, how did you get to the point where you had an enrichment based uh, social media account? How did that come to fruition? Yeah. So um, it was the reason I started my social media account was specifically to share um, canine enrichment. And when I started, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just sharing because we were, we were doing it. Um, I got really passionate about canine enrichment after I got two border collies within six months of each other <laughs> and ended up with, um, you know, a lot of dog on my hands. Uh, so once I kind of uh, started navigating the canine enrichment stuff, I got really excited about like how it can help dogs in general. Um, and I think that, uh, it's a pretty safe thing to share information about. Um, and I just, I just really want to get more people doing more with their dogs, doing more for their dogs, um, having a easier, nicer lives with their dogs. And I really feel like canine enrichment can do that for them. Yeah, I love that. And I think you're probably a, almost like a gateway for a lot of people who find themselves, you know, the internet is a dangerous place, I think, for dogs. Um, yeah. And a very, it's a landmine um, field for people who are, you know, just, they don't, they don't have background in training, they don't have background in like, you know, knowing what's right and wrong. Um, and so when they accidentally stumble across accounts like yours, I think, they're so lucky because I think that it kind of funnels them into the right channels. Right. So I'm so glad that it's there and it does, your account really does provide a lot of like doable, really doable, like easy, fun ways of providing enrichment um, and play for dogs. Um, and one thing that I have noticed about you is you're very generous about, so you, you've had a lot of success on social media, like growing your account and things like that but you're not a gatekeeper. You are very, um, you, you're so generous with like helping other people. What is it about, you know, helping other positive reinforcement or like force-free trainers? Like, what is it about that, that you're so, why are you so passionate about kind of helping other people grow? Um, I, I, Largely, I think it's because there is so much trash out there. Yeah. <laughs> there is so much terrible information coming in from um, different professionals and just regular um, dog fluencers who are I've sharing... never heard this term, dog fluencers. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> 
who are sharing really dangerous information. And there are so many wonderful qualified trainers who have amazing skill sets. And I just want them to, I just want the world to experience some of what they have to offer. Um, I, the uh, kind of more aversive side of Instagram is always really kind of flashy and it catches people's attention and they have, they tend to have a lot more followers. Um, and that's really sad. So there is a way, there are very strategic ways that people uh, in the force-free force community can succeed on Instagram that doesn't have to look flashy. Um, and I just want to help people. I really, I want to see more people, more success. Um, and I want to get that information out there to pet parents. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. I mean, when I worked in, um, I worked in a, an animal shelter for a very long time and we would have people that would come in with their resume and almost like 99% of people would come in and they would say like, I'm here to apply for a job. And I just wanted to see if you were hiring. And like, I want to work here because I hate people and I love animals. And those were always the people that their, that resume was going directly into the recycling bin because what they were missing was that customer service and like engaging with people and, and, you know, being kind to people and helping customers and all of that stuff was actually animal welfare at the end of the day. And yeah. I find the same thing on social media, like your account and helping people and just posting, you're not, you don't even have to handle the dog or meet the dog, but posting on social media is animal welfare because you are directly improving the welfare for the dogs and probably some cats <laughs> who it's, find their way across your your account. It's so true. I I can't tell you how many messages I have received from people saying how much I'm getting <laughs> I'm getting emotional because it really does mean a lot to me. Um so many people say like I like my relationship with my dog has improved so much since I found your account. Like my dog is so much happier or like I switched to force-free training with my dog and we've been doing so great. And like all of these super kind messages um, because they found our account on social media. And that's, that's why I want more um, force-free based trainers uh, to do more on social media because that's what I want to see more of, right? Um, it does improve welfare dogs. Yeah. And I have a lot of um, like even like veterinarians and other trainers who are all kind of like referring clients to our account and they're learning more and they're getting like sent in the right direction. And um, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's really, it's really cool because we just don't think about that. But that, you know, we think about it sometimes as just posting. Um, but you're changing, literally changing lives for and you know, the the relief, I think, for some of the owners when they come across accounts like yours, like so many yeah. people have said to me, and actually, um, somebody who I worked with recently who follows you, they said like they had been working with an aversive trainer and they found your account. And um it finally was like almost like a weight was lifted because they had been told that they had to do some of these things that they just did not feel comfortable doing. But when you have a so-called professional telling you that stuff, 
how do you know, right? That she thought that they were right, but it felt wrong for her. And so she found your account. And for her, it was like, literally, it took that dog away from an aversive trainer. So, so yeah, that's I a win that. right there. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's huge. But like, yeah. I'm, so I'm uh, not, I don't have, um, I have, I'm proud of my social media following. I have like, you know, I think I have 7,000 or I don't know how many people I follow me on Instagram, but um, I am proud of it because I feel like it's like very organic. Like I, the people that follow me, I feel like we, you know, I really connect with so many of them. They, some, some of them have become my friends like you, right? Like some of them have become my friends or my clients. And um, some of them I talk to every day. It's really kind of cool, but I like have no idea what I'm doing. I just post. And I think that's how it is for a lot of us. It doesn't come with any kind of you know, rule book or playbook. We don't know what we're doing. Um, we yeah. know there's some sort of algorithm. We have no idea what an algorithm, what this algorithm algorithm is doing. We're just guessing. Um, and we are, we're like struggling through, we're just like randomly posting, posting on like, there's all of these different things like stories and like, you know, posts versus reels and all of these things. So we just, I think many of us, and I've talked to trainers who are this way, we just don't post or some of us don't like some of them don't post because they don't even know how to get started. So yeah. what would be sort of your top suggestions for someone who is a trainer who wants to grow on social media? Um, like where, how do they even, how do we get the ball rolling? Like, how do we even get started? Yep. So I think um, a really important thing that a lot of people miss is actually thinking about what your goals are like what what do you want to come of your social sharing on social media are you doing it because you want to work with clients virtually or are you doing it because you just want to share information online with people or um do you just want to have a place where you can uh let local clients get to know you better. Like what really are the goals with social media? Um, I think that if you want to work virtually, like if you are uh, doing classes or whatever, taking clients on virtually, I think that social media is a huge, like that it you can get so many clients from, from social media. Um, and you do want to kind of grow your following. The first, um, so some of the, like the actual tips that I, I guess, can recommend is uh, make sure that you have your account kind of set up so that people can find you. Um, I don't, I don't even think I shared this tip with you before, Emily. But oh, so I'm excited. It's you're kind of you want to make sure that if somebody's looking for a dog trainer, if they type in dog trainer um, into the to to the search engine. We want you to pop up, right? Um, yes, we do. You, yeah. <laughs> so if your handle says Emily CTC, that's nobody's searching for a CTC, right? Actually, um, I, feel, um, I feel triggered right now because I think it does say that. Yeah, <laughs> it probably does. Um, so, so setting your your profile up. So it says like, maybe like, uh, Emily Priestley, uh, 
force-free dog trainer. Um, and you can fit in like virtual or whatever, however it works for you, like however it looks good for you. Um, but it's really important to have like search engine optimization set up on your profile. So um, making sure that you have dog trainer in different places. Okay. So the search is actually searching. I see. I never would have thought that, that the search is pulling Mm -hmm. from your profile that shows up on your like homepage essentially. Yep. Okay. So that that's the kind of stuff that it's, (laughs) I I didn't know that. I thought it was all like hashtags on posts. Right. So good to know. And so hashtags are pretty low on the uh, search engine uh, totem pole, I guess. Um, But also like in your content, like when you are posting a reel, say, for example, um, your voiceover, it's this is all like searchable um, uh, through Instagram. So your voiceover, the text on the screen, the text in the caption everywhere so if you are like specializing in separation anxiety for example um you might want to say like at the end of every video just say like for more information on separation anxiety uh in dogs follow us or whatever um and make sure that you have your captions on that's another really important thing is is to have captions turned on when you're doing a voiceover um and then also have it in your um in your caption, like the written caption. So in my written captions, I always, I say always, but not, maybe sometimes I don't. Um, I write for more canine enrichment, follow two smart dogs. Oh, because you're trying so to like, put the canine enrichment piece in there. So when people are searching, they see, see, yeah. I had no idea. I didn't realize yeah. it. Like <laughs> it was listening to our voiceover. Yeah. That's a little creepy, but also super cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so everywhere you can, like what what you what you think a client is going to be searching for that you are specializing in or whatever, try to put it like in your in your on your page, in your name, like in your bio, um, and in your content, and that will kind of help the algorithm. Uh, let people find you. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. So I'm already learning new stuff and, uh, that I'm going to do today. (laughs) Um, okay. So, um, when, and what I liked too, was you said, I think before, when we were talking back and forth before the podcast, um, you said like, what do you want to do? Do you want to be like, do you want to, do you have a niche or do you want to be educational or do you want to be entertaining? And like, I think for me, I had never considered, like, I kind of, I have moments where I'm inspired about certain things. So I'll be like, I'll come across something that, you know, is misinformation that I want to dispel. And so I'll just like post about that. Or sometimes I, I do have a niche. I work a lot with like herding breed dogs. And so sometimes I'm posting content about that, but I'm very rarely like sort of really considering what I'm doing. I'm just like willy nilly posting. So for me, that was also like, um, the last couple of weeks, I've been thinking a lot about that. Like, what am I, what am I doing? (laughs) Like, what am I, what is it that I want to get across? And so, um, I, I, I'm enjoying having, um, some guidance in my own brain about sort of like, are you just willing, are you just posting because, or is this something that's actually going to be beneficial for you? So this has been 
something I never considered before, right? Like we have a business plan often and we have all of, we have a, a training plan for our clients and then we get on social media and we're just like, <laughs> yeah, we just, you know, yeah, I know it all, away, yeah, it's, it all away. It is really important to like have your end goal in mind and then work towards it. Right. Um, like constantly thinking about like, is this ultimately working towards what my goals my business and personal goals are right. Um, I think we all post stuff just because we feel like it and it's fun sometimes. <laughs> I know I do. I know I just really enjoy creating content and posting, but um, ultimately I have goals too. Right. And I'm always trying to like be critical of myself and saying like, is this a good use of my time? Like, are we working towards our goal at this point? Um because I am very good at wasting time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I really enjoy what I do. And um, this is just a, a side note, but I also really um, want to say thank you for you. You have an enrichment account. You have a big following. And yet you do really give of yourself to make sure that you're using your platform to speak up against um, aversive training. Um, I am, I know that it doesn't maybe seem like a big deal, but it really is a big deal. Like I, I just talked to Zach George this week as well. And he's the same way where I don't think people realize that a lot of that stuff doesn't just like gain us a lot of followers. Like it's not, it, it, it's something that needs to be said, but it's not always a popular post. So yeah. when I see people who are saying, you know what, I don't, care i'm gonna i'm gonna use my platform i'm gonna use my you know 117 or whatever thousand followers that you have i'm gonna use my platform to spread this word um i really appreciate it so and it doesn't gain us followers that i posted about caesar um and that was my biggest drop in following yeah um all year like i lost the most followers when i posted that and it the very next day I posted about it again, because I don't yes. care about losing followers. I care about people and their dogs. Yeah. The C word right? Caesar. Yes. It's, uh, <laughs> it, I, I'm the same. I have, if I post like, um, against prong collars, I will see a drop the next yep. day for sure. Yep. Um, but I also have people that write to me and thank me because they're no longer, they don't feel comfortable speaking out anymore. And so I feel like I have to, um, and Canadian, um, women, we are, um, we don't, we don't back down easily. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so, okay. So now we've got, we're, we've opened up our account. We've got, um, we have like the proper search words and we've probably picked a handle and things like that, but now we have to figure out what the heck is going on in there we've got like all of these sort of options in terms of posting there's like instagram stories which are the things that pop up on the top of the page that are almost like little snippets of information that people kind of give throughout their the course of their day or the, where they reshare stuff and then we have posts and then we have these things called reels and yeah. i think a lot of create or hopeful creators we don't know how or why we're using these things or when to use them or just what they even are. So is there uh, a best practice in terms of like what to post or how to post or what those, how to use those things to our advantage? Yeah. Um, 
so stories I post to anybody who follows me knows that I post a lot of stories. I get really personal. Um, I share our, like our everyday lives. And I think that's where people really get to know you. Um, and there is like, there is like studies and evidence that shows that stories really sell. Um, that's where like you kind of gain clients is through your stories. Um, I think that it's really great to connect with people. I have connected with so many wonderful pet parents and other professionals um, through stories and just formed a lot of really great relationships. And it doesn't have to be like as polished as uh, or strategic as reels are. Um, although there are, <laughs> there are some strategies that if you, if there are specific stories that you want to be seen, um, you can do certain things, uh, to help them be seen. So if you, uh, if you have a story that you want to be seen, one of the things that I really like to do is let my stories expire for 24 hours so that there's nothing being posted at all, then I will post um, something that's going to get high engagement. So it might be like a, a poll that everybody is going to answer. Like, um, I don't know, for example, like I'll post a photo of uh, two photos that I took of my dogs and ask like which photo people prefer. Everybody answers that. Mm -hmm. And it gives the algorithm, it tells the algorithm like, oh, people like this story. Like people are really engaging with this story. So let's push it out to a lot of accounts. Um, and then directly after that one, I will post the story that I want people to see. Right. Um, so it drives all kinds of people into the stories. And then they're, because of the one that has a poll on it and is getting high engagement. And then they see the one that I really want them to see. Yeah. Um, and that's the opposite of what I always, when you told me that you told me that, like, I think last week or something. And I was like, hey, this is the opposite of what <laughs> I do, which is like, I know if I post like 40 stories, I'll get people really looking at my stories and then I'll post the one that I want them to see. <laughs> and, yeah. um, I've never let my stories expire. I, and I, because it, in my mind, it just made sense that it was the opposite thing. So it's just, it's yeah. amazing. It's like little tips and tricks that I, it's, they're not intuitive really. Yeah. Um, and I, I will also actually like intentionally delete stories. If there are stories that like are doing poorly, but I want people to see some of the stories that I have posted. I'll delete those stories that aren't getting the likes or that people are swiping away from so that it increases the chance that they're going to see the stories because Instagram knows the algorithm sees that nobody is liking that story or nobody, uh, or a lot of people are swiping away from that story when that story comes up. So I'm not going to, the algorithm doesn't push the story out. Um, which I think is, I'm, um, I should share that I work in IT. Uh, I've been in IT for 13 years and I am kind of obsessed with uh, <laughs> data and uh, algorithms. And so I really like this stuff. And that's kind of, uh, that's kind of where my, 
obsession with the algorithm <laughs> comes well, from. It's like the more we talk about the algorithm, the more I picture this like elusive, like strange thing lurking in the background <laughs> that I, I know is there, but I don't know who it is. You know, it's like this yeah. thing that I'm trying to like. Um, yeah. So so in a nutshell, a story is like a way of sort of you can um, you can just provide a little snapshot. A lot of times it's going to be a little bit more candid. Would that be? Definitely. Okay. Yeah. People um, really like realistic things in stories. Um, I find, I find it also a really nice place to let people know that you're human. Yeah. <laughs> like to share your mistakes and share, um, you know, like get real, right? Like people, people think that we have these like perfect dogs and perfect lives and it helped. I think that it helps people feel um better about their own dogs and their own mm -hmm. lives when they see like us sharing realistic things in our stories yeah I agree my sister said to me the other day like oh your house is so clean and I was like well it's because I only show like one direction like I don't show you like the mudroom on like social media right so it's like you only yeah. see it's there's definitely still I think it is true like there's like reality versus um Instagram like my yeah. my world is not just what you see on Instagram but I do I do share a lot of who we are on our on my stories for sure and yeah. I enjoy that the most like I really enjoy connecting with people that way and yeah. just giving them a glimpse into who my dogs are and who I am and just like you know I that's the part yeah. that I enjoy I think the most so yeah, now we've got stories kind of figured out. Um, but now the other one that comes up a lot um, or came up a lot when I was um, asking people if they had questions about uh, social media for you was post versus reels. And like one person even said to me, like, I don't know what a reel is. Like, what is a reel? And then so I just don't post because I can't I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know how to move yeah. forward in that. And that is true. Like I actually, I post a lot of reels um, and I don't know what the difference is in terms of like, I know, I think I, all I know is that a reel is shorter than a video post, I think is what I know. And I don't even know if that's right, yeah. but I don't, aside from that, I have no clue what the difference is between you go on, you go on, it says post or it says reel or whatever it says. I can actually just bring it up right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's a poster reel. So um, what, is, what is going on there? Yeah, so I I actually, I'm pretty sure all posts that, like when you post a video, unless you're posting multiple, all videos will go into your Reels tab anyway. Oh, okay. um, so posting a video as a post, I'm pretty sure it just goes into your Reels tab. Uh, a Reel um how do how do I describe a real like <laughs> a real a real is just a video uh and it's the best way to reach people on Instagram hands down like no questions about it that's what so the, the algorithm, algorithm wants the real it's thirsty yeah. for the real and they're very open about that like uh actually Instagram released like information about their algorithm um, and they're very open that like they're not put they're not pushing 
posts quite as much as reels. They are starting to come back up a little bit like carousel posts. Um, if you don't know what a carousel post is, it's when you uh, post an image or graphic or whatever, um, and you post several on one post. So you're able to like flip through and see several pages. Um, but reels are how I grew from <laughs> uh, 1500 to what are we at now? 100, 113,000. Um, Amazing. That's wild. In about a year and a half. Um, yeah, it is wild. I posted every day. I posted a reel every day for about a year. Wow. Which wow. is, I know. <laughs> it's a it's lot. so much. Yeah, it's it's a lot. And I didn't even know, right? Like, I didn't know if it was going to pay off. It did. Um, yeah, did it ever. Good for you. But I didn't know if it was going to work. Um, do you ever so post posts? I can't think of you posting I do. a post. Oh, you do. Occasionally I do. Um, and I guess I should point out for people listening, like a regular post, you can post, I post videos um, as a post rather than a reel, because sometimes I'm going over like the time, like it seems on a reel, they want you to do it in under a minute and 30 seconds, I want to say. Um, whereas a video you can post as a regular post, it will go up, but posts also are just like still images. So those like classic Instagram, um, if we think back to when I got my first iPhone <laughs> and started my Instagram account, like my personal one, like back then it was just these like photographs with like really retro. Um, I feel so old right now talking about this, <laughs> like the olden days they had like old, um, the filters were all done to look like old Polaroids or like old Kodak yep. cameras and things like that. So that's to, when I think about a post, I think about like a still image if that makes yeah. sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't post a whole lot of those. And when I do post, um, carousels or still image posts, it's, it's meant for like my current audience. It's really, it's never meant to like reach more people. I know that that's not going to like help my, um, account grow or reach new people or whatever. Um, it, it's literally just for the people who already follow us. Uh, they're usually educational. Yeah. Um, I find it a little bit of an easier format to get out real information than, uh, than a reel is because what people want from reels is real quick information. They want, um, so people tend to come to social media for some dopamine they want to be entertained guilty <laughs> they want to be surprised they want to be educated um and that's what reels do they give you a lot of dopamine in a very quick amount of time um so that's kind of that's kind of how i try to make my content a lot of my content i feel like it seems kind of gimmicky but it's intentionally gimmicky because that's how um that's how social media works it's intentionally gimmicky but it is real information um i people the other part of it is that 
you want to hook people when you're creating reels. You should give them a reason to watch your content. Right, okay. Right. Like a lot of people, um, I see a lot of reels that just don't have hooks. So in the beginning of my reels, I will often say something like the three activities for high energy dogs, for example. Right. So they right. know right off the bat what's about to come down the pipe. Who doesn't want three activities for high energy dogs, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, <sign me> up. <laughs> right. So it's just like, like, I don't do those activities with my dogs because I want to like wear my dogs out or whatever. I do those activities because my dogs enjoy them. And, um, but most people, when they're coming, when they're stopping on something like that, they're not going to stop if I say something like three activities to mentally stimulate and meet the needs of your dog. Do you know what I mean? Like that's a very specific group of people that would appreciate something like that. But my target audience is like the general public who know very little about dogs. Right. So I guess that's one thing that I, I think like I'm missing because I don't, think about who my target audience is. I think about who I, I think about the dogs that I work with. So I work with mostly with herding breed dogs, specifically border collies and cattle dogs who are struggling in a pet home. But I don't think about the owner. <laughs> do you know, like I do yeah. think about, obviously I think about my clients and like the people, but like I forget sometimes who I'm talking to. And so yeah. again, it's a little willy nilly just in that I'm not, um, I'm going into it without, in my mind, some key pieces of information, if that makes sense. Yep. yep. I think a lot of trainers on social media are not going in it, uh, looking at who their target audience actually is. I think that they're, mo like a lot of the time, people are talking over the heads of their target audience, which mm -hmm. it's not, do you know what I mean? Like they're, they're not going they're not going to achieve their goals of reaching these people and helping and gaining more clients if they're talking over their tar target audience's head, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the other part is that like people want, if it's educational kind of stuff like dog training and like care of dogs, they want a problem solved. I love that. You told me that like a week ago and it was like a light bulb moment. I was like, this, yeah. it's another thing I think I've been missing. Like I, again, I go on just to like ramble <laughs> or rant, um, yeah. as I, as I tend to do, but like knowing that they, I, there's something that somebody needs fixed and that they want, it's an answer to a problem. Maybe they're not even like coming to look for the, that specific thing, but they might see it and they might have a problem fixed or they might just understand it a bit better right yeah yeah so it's like you and you want to in your content you want to let them know right away that you're like what problem you're solving for them or like I always say what problem you're solving but you know you know what I mean um the high energy yeah, it could be are like not, are not a problem high energy dogs but... <laughs> like you know we talked yeah. earlier about sound sensitivity or like just like a like some sort of explanation so that they're like oh i didn't realize that there was like yeah cuz i think some people there is we have this it's like you know an iceberg we we know of the problem um or we know of the thing but we don't have like a deeper understanding of it so um giving giving somebody a deeper understanding but in a very digestible way yeah yeah 
Um, one thing that you mentioned to me one time too was that I, I again, like I didn't consider this is at the end giving somebody some giving the the listener yeah um what to do next so like like follow and share type super, type thing super important you just like to tell people that this, what this to is do. like human psychology <laughs> now <laughs> oh it really is it's it like you wouldn't believe the difference when i tell people to save the real versus when i don't like it, it's just it's incredible how many people people need to be told to do things like and the algorithm likes the saves and things oh yeah yeah okay oh yeah hugely like if uh any kind of engagement like likes uh comment likes comments saves shares and profile visits okay yeah the um, algorithm is there lurking in the background Yep. The more, the more they, and, and if people are staying until the end, which is another really important part uh, of the structure of a reel. So you have to have your hook, something to get people, uh, to give them a reason to watch your content. Um, and then the middle part of your reel shouldn't be boring. It should, it should be useful straight to the point, not too long, um, give people enough information, but not too much information. And then the end of it has to have a call, what's called a call to action, which you're telling them to save or share or like, or comment below or whatever, um, whatever you want them to do with that specific reel, whatever makes sense for that reel to do with it. Like save this for later for when you're working on recall or whatever. Um, so I actually use, I often use my call to action at the end of the reel, but I will also use it in the first line of the caption. Um, oh, okay. Double because, whammy. Yeah. I, the first line of the caption is always very uh, strategic for me. Hey. Um, Are you using I, hashtags still? You mentioned hashtags were not as big. Are you using any or? I have rarely. It, wow. they, they aren't apparently they aren't like really important to the algorithm anymore wow. okay i guess Back they are in the old days bit, remember like, like a, there would be I like know. 30 hashtag hashtag like oh yeah things. oh my gosh yeah there were like hashtag experts and like apps apps that you could download for hashtags they were so important but now it's it's more so like the uh seo search engine optimization okay um Interesting. Yeah. I still yeah. get, I, I think I have a hard time letting go of the hashtag. It's like so ingrained, right? As like, that's, yeah, I think I how know. many of us think that's the a only thing that we're doing. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I didn't realize that there was all of these other things that actually do matter. And I still use like hashtag border collie. <laughs> yeah. Border collies of Instagram. <laughs> um, yeah. I do use them sometimes. And like, I, when I, like put like hashtag canine enrichment I can see that like lots of people people follow that hashtag um like people who I'm already yeah following, I see that it'll too, say yeah. like certain people are following that so I do use them sometimes um but I don't they're really not that important like I wouldn't spend any time trying to like figure out good hashtags just use it very literally like dog train hashtag dog trainer or force free dog trainer or, or you know 
So if I share a post about this podcast and put like hashtag dog podcast, like algorithm, he's in the background. He doesn't care. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He'll take it into consideration, but (laughs) But he's not. (laughs) Um, Okay. So now we've feel we're feeling like we can post because we kind of have an idea of what we're doing, but now we want to grow our social media account. So is there some tricks to grow? Like you, like you said in a year, like I'm mind blown because I, I mean, I was not posting once a day and I have a, like, I sometimes will go onto social media and there will be like, you can go on here. I'm going to pull mine up right now. If I go on here, it says I have 934 posts and I have 7,755 followers on Instagram. And sometimes I'll go into an account and I'll see like, here, let's look at yours. Two smart dogs. You have like 200 less posts than I do. <laughs> and wow. you have 113,000 followers. So, um like I I I think I just wasn't strategically, obviously I wasn't strategically posting cuz I think I was just like if I can get out all these p- random posts, I will win <laughs> the social media game. Yeah. But I obviously wasn't posting properly. So, if you want to grow, what is what's a like a few or like one way that people can just grow their social media account like how did you do the how did you get these numbers so consistently posting reels is that is the key um consistently posting reels but making sure that you are uh posting them in the format like i said like you have to have uh, a hook something to get people to stay to watch it and a call to action, tell people to follow you, okay. <laughs> right? Like if your goal is to gain followers from those posts, tell them to follow you. Um, it is at 100% going to increase the chance that people will follow you. Um, if you can't tell, I think that call to action is really important. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm learning um, this now. Like I didn't do I'm that really for the longest time. I also yeah. like, I just didn't think it was a... Like, especially if I'm posting a reel where I'm like running out of time, you know, you're trying to get it in. I just thought like it would be the first thing that I would leave out. I never thought it would be an important thing to have in there. It's just wild to me. Yep. Um, Yeah. So really posting reels like consistently and providing people with, uh, like I said, like it it should be entertaining, educational, uh, surprising, like it people want to watch things that are useful to them in some way. They want to have um, a hit of dopamine when they when they go to Instagram. And that's how that's how you deliver it is through the reels. Um, and the more you post, the more you're gonna show up for people. I I stopped posting for a while, uh consistently posting for a while. And uh like the summer into September and October, I, I just didn't have the capacity to really mm-hmm. post and I wasn't really gaining any followers. And so recently I started posting again. And in the past week I gained, uh, over 2000 followers. Stop. Are you yeah. serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And that's just from, in a like... long time. I need to get a real up stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just because I like got consistent again. Like I just yeah. started posting regularly again and started growing and I'm using my hooks. I'm using my call to action. Um, wow. So 
And, and another thing that I really, I think is really important is you can repost old yeah. content. <laughs> like people, whenever I tell people that, they're like, oh my God, yeah, of course. Like why? That's so obvious now. Like don't, don't kill yourself trying to like constantly make new content. Like take a post that did well or a post that you really liked or whatever and repost it. Um, because people forget mm-hmm. they, or they haven't been there that long or whatever. And it's good reminders for people. Um, so reuse old content. I, uh, this isn't quite a strategy to grow, but it's useful in coming up with content. I, uh, whenever I have stories that perform well, I will, I analyze like my, I go back and I look at my stories to see reactions. Um, and uh, like interactions and whatever and so that stories that have done well I turn it into a reel interesting okay so I have done like sometimes where I it's like writer's block where you're just like I don't know I just like I want to post but I just don't know what to post I have gone in and like pulled some big posts of mine I've had some that have gone like in my world they've gone viral like they're not like huge but they've done really well um, I think a couple of them, I've turned them into reels. Cause when I posted them, I posted them as like a post. So I've turned them into a reel or I've just like reposted or I've reposted with a different image. So I've just changed it up and usually they still do very well. So it's yeah. like, it's been such an easy way for me to just get out of any kind of slump or if I just don't have time, cause I find it does yeah. like, it takes a lot of time. Right. Yep. Um, as we're about to talk about, <laughs> but it it's a lot of work. So it's just is a really simple way. And I think a lot of people forget about that as being like something that is, um, it's okay to do that. Cause again, a lot of people will forget that they read it in the first place. Oh, definitely. You're, you have a bunch of new followers that never saw the original post. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a few posts that pretty much go viral every time I post them. And I have like, created new variations of it that one of them is like the scratch board yes um, yeah. and for anybody listening I encourage you to post like too. take my ideas like th- oh. obviously that's not my original idea but like take these things that are working and post them yeah <laughs> right? like, okay you need to like look at what other people are doing that is going well that people are interested in don't steal people's work obviously like but like these ideas don't belong to anybody right like everybody in the training community knows what a scratch board or a lot of people do I guess um knows what a a nail board is for dogs um and a dig pit the every time I post the the video with my dogs with the dig pit that gets they get millions of views Um, oh wow dang yeah People the like scratch digging board. dog. The algorithm loves a digging dog. <laughs> yeah. Well, people love the idea. And I like countless people have made their dogs dig pits. So, like, you know, any trainers out there who have a dig pit for their dogs, record some get video and post it and like get more dig pit to dogs, get your content out there. Like, um, I have had like I've had a couple of really big viral sort of, again, in my world, not millions of views by any stretch, but like viral posts for me. And I have had a couple of them. um, I still see almost like verbatim, not plagiarized, but I do see a lot of posts um, where my original post has been like 
copied by someone. Um, And to be honest, I benefited very well off of the original post. And so when I see it, I don't, it doesn't bother me. I don't want anyone stealing my content or some people will like save the image and copy the stuff and then repost. That's, that is not cool. people. (laughs) But I like it when people are like, taking my original idea and like it resonated with them so much that they are going to post about it. So I find it almost like a form, as long as you're not stealing my actual content, I find it um, kind of flattering and I don't mind it at all. And when I came across it, I'm like, Oh, that's cool that that, that thing's still resonating with people enough that they're posting about it. If that makes sense. So yeah, but don't say, I, yeah, no, I, I don't think I told you this before, but I had an account uh, within the past year who started literally copying my content um, and they even changed their handle to something very similar no. to mine. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a, there's a line between like, you know, um, taking ideas and sharing it with your audience in your own way and actually straight up like stealing people's yeah. content. Like it was, it was, it was kind of crazy. And the craziest part is that their account actually started to grow quite a bit. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, thinking about digging dogs. <laughs> well, I had someone actually um, legitimately stealing my content, but what was even more wild was that they started tagging me in the post and saying like, oh, at one point they yeah. were like, am I right at wild at heart? And I was like, a, don't tag me in the post. Cause it looks like we're affiliated and I'm not affiliated with you. Yeah. Like, and be like, yeah, you're right, because you stole my content. It was just like the most bizarre thing, but bizarre. I just let it go. And, uh, you know, it is yeah. what it is and uh, whatever. But I found that very odd and I guess like very brazen. <laughs> um, I really like the block button. Yeah, the block button. I block I a love- lot of people on social media. Yeah. I And I, I, I will not, like when we talk about aversive trainers and we, I think we one of the questions that came in from a listener is about um, dealing with aversive train, like aversive or um, balanced trainers and how they sort of troll our posts. Um, But I will block like my, I've, I, when we talk about like knowing your goal, one thing that, that I did do for myself early on was I decided that my, my account is not a debate page. There's a lot of forums. There's a lot of Facebook pages where you, if you want to have a debate about training techniques you can go there and do it my page is not so if you come onto my page and you start to um you're abusive towards anybody or you are um advocating for hurting dogs I block you because I'm that's not what I'm there for and it's been very freeing (laughs) yeah so yeah block 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 yeah I uh I I I have no problem with like having conversations with some people um but straight up like misinformation Mm -hmm. and uh hateful comments and I just that I have no time for that right like it's the 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 people that are leaving those types of comments you're not going to change their mind Mm -hmm. um they are not who I am interested in so I usually block them sometimes this might be a little bit petty but sometimes I restrict them so that I can respond to them and then they can never respond oh, back. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. It is. Well, um, I think sometimes that is good so that people can see 
the conversation. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I do think there's a time and a place for removing the comment altogether and removing the person. Yeah. But I think sometimes um, if that person is reflective of like maybe something that someone is saying and I want to just get that like yeah. spell a myth or something, I think that there's, yes. that's a, that would be a great way to do it for sure. Definitely. And I don't have time to continue on the conversation with that person. Yeah. Right. Like it's not, it's like, it's worth my time to respond to certain things and uh, like share accurate <laughs> information, mm-hmm. evidence-based information. Um, but I'm not going to continue that conversation with that person. So I restrict them so that they can't comment any further. Yeah. Um, they can private message me if they want to, but my page is not open to, uh, their wrong opinions, their inaccurate opinions. Um, I think too, like one thing that I want to say is like, I know a lot of people who have been, um, their mental health has been affected by things that have happened on social media, like debates and like abuse, uh, like yeah. straight up abuse or like people trolling. Um, definitely, you know, tread carefully if that is something. And sometimes for yeah. me, it it affects me more than others. Like there has been times where I'm like, oh, this like it's like water off a duck's back. There's other times where I'm like, it just gets under my skin and it does affect me. And so like. Yeah in those moments, protect yourself, take care of yourself. And, um, you know, it's no different than any other interactions where if somebody in, in real life, right. If somebody is being that way with you, the best thing to do is sometimes just walk away and protect yourself. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now we have, now I've grown my social media account. Now I've got like a, you know, a good following. I've got like all of my, the algorithm loves, loves me. And, um, I want to start making money off my social media account, which, um, I wish I did, but I don't, but let's say I wanted to, and there's, there seems to be a lot of ways that people are making money off of social media. What are like some of the big ways that people could make money off of Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, people don't think that I should make money for the 20 to 40 hours a week that I spend pouring into my social media, but I do. Um, so one of the things is brand partnerships. Um, I work with a few different brands. Usually I'll I'll have like one or two per month. I can't take on much more than that because I put a lot of time and energy into each thing. Um, so brand partnerships, they pay very, very well. Um, probably, uh, better than a lot of dog training jobs would Mm. pay they these companies have massive amounts of money and uh they are willing to pay for the influence which is great um and some of them are very responsible about what they do like uh earth rated is one of my favorite companies they very specifically choose accounts who support force-free methods i see earth rated giving out a ton of like i i have ton of um colleagues who have actually just one got posted yesterday maya um who was on the podcast earlier she got just this huge box from earth rated it's <laughs> so, like really cool. yeah yeah they're awesome they they send out lots of promo boxes and they pay their uh creators really well um they're really great communicators and they treat their employees really well 
and they focus on force-free dog training. Like they make sure they, yeah. they actually have a trainer that they bring in to like check things over to make sure that they're working with good people. And so I really love that they're super responsible. Um, so that's one way that, uh, that we can make money. Uh, because actually I should just mention for, um, people listening to like, um, I know like if you're, it, we're talking a lot about Instagram, but if you're coming from the States and we were talking about even TikTok, like in the past, and I think even now, like, for example, there was a creator's fund with TikTok and American creators were being, in some cases, like pretty well paid for their content, um, but Canadians are not. So um, yeah. there, there's going to be slight differences, I think, maybe not on Instagram, but certainly like when we're talking about like um, TikTok or like other platforms, like it can vary as well from where we are where where we're living yeah. Canadians kind of get the short end of the, that stick sometimes we do we really do it yeah it there was some kind of funds like that for Instagram as well for a while and I didn't get I didn't benefit from it at all because I'm Canadian <laughs> and I had like like I'm in like different forums with um like influencers and they were all bragging about theirs <laughs> whatever we, we have health care we have yeah <laughs> So um, what about, um, I see that, and I do want to just say, cause I see a lot of, I've heard this a lot that, um, people are, people can kind of naysay other people making money off of social media. I don't know why that is. And I would just say like to anybody listening, if you're not a trainer, you're somebody that is enjoying someone's content, like we don't get paid, like you said, 20, 30 hours that you're putting into your account, at least I would bet, um, a week. Um, and there's no, I'm not sure where this idea came from that this has to be pro bono or that it has to be like a nonprofit. We are not like, um, yeah. we are, we are not, I'm, I've never been paid for a podcast and people will even tell me like, oh, you shouldn't be in interviewing so-and-so you should be interviewing like look, I'm not paid for this stuff. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? That you're welcome to sponsor the podcast if you'd like some input into it. But even then I wouldn't, you know, it's like, it's just yeah. so strange. Um, and so I would just like to say, like, if you see a creator who's posting something, you want to go, um, say you want to buy that thing, click their link over to Amazon. Cause that's another one. Probably. Yeah. Um, and let's kind of dispel this myth that these, that, that for some reason there's like, society have has, has self-selected people that should be working pro bono and like instagram is not instagram creators are not those people we should not be working for free or you should not be no. working for free it, no and and it's just like uh, what what it, it's kind of sad for me sometimes to think about because i know that people intentionally like will like swipe away from um any of the like sponsored content um it makes me kind of sad because like I pour so much of my heart into uh, sh like sharing free information for people and like getting them connected to like resources. And, um, and then they just, it's like, no, like that's gross. You shouldn't be like getting paid for this. Like, even though I am not paying for that's any strange. of this, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just so like, strange. anyway. And, and like for Amazon, like, I like the clicks are through the roof, but I know people go out of it and like go and search for it in the app themselves and like purchase it externally, which is like fine. But like, I just wish that like, like it doesn't cost them anything to yeah. do you know what I mean? Like to like support. And 
I couldn't put this much time and effort into something that I am not getting paid for, right? Like I am, I work a full-time job. I work uh, Monday to Friday, nine to five. I am a mother. <laughs> I'm a wife. I'm a military wife, actually. So uh, sometimes I'm by myself. So, you know, like it's a lot of time and I feel like I do deserve to, <laughs> to be compensated. Otherwise I really couldn't, I couldn't do it. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's a, it's a job, right? And I, I really do pour my heart into it. Like it really is. I love it. Like I really, I love helping people. I love helping dogs, but at the end of the day, it's not just a um, passion project. I don't have enough time. I don't, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, and so anyway, the, for so. people listening that Amazon, is it uh, Amazon affiliate? Is that what it's called? Right. Where they influencer. Oh, Amazon influencer. So, um, for example, if I posted like a leash that I was using and it was available on Amazon, I could post like a link using my, um, specific link. And then people clicking on that, I would get a percentage of the, the, uh, sale on Amazon. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, um, I, I think that's such a great, easy way for people to make money. Like, and I really encourage people to support, <laughs> support yeah. people who are putting out content for free. Like one of the, um, questions that came up when I was asking if anyone had any questions for you today was the concept of like, what, when, as, as like trainers, when, when should we be, what's it, I guess, what's the difference between um, giving blanket advice or giving like advice that should be more like with a client, like to a paid client. Yep. And I'm really, really passionate about this because the internet has become, so we do, we do, we put a lot of, we put a lot of content out that is blanket advice, right? Um, it's never intended to, to take the place of working one-on-one -on -one with a trainer. Um, but I get asked a ton and I'm, I mean, like almost all of my messages on social media are people asking me, um, to weigh in on their case. Um, and where I get, um, I draw the line is if it's a, if it's, if there's something that I would normally be working with a client on and somebody is going to pay me as a client to help them, I'm not going to give that out for free, mostly because it's not fair to my clients, but also because it's not ethical. There's a reason why I sit with my clients for an hour and unpack their case before I even start giving them plans. And that's because there's a lot of information that I need before I can give them proper plans. So, yep. um, I think I really encourage people to stop feeling like they have to give out that you don't have to work with clients for free to, to be on yeah. social media. Um, and nor do I think it's like ethical to do so. Um, yeah. Yeah. I see way too many people giving like specific advice for, uh, people who are asking questions and it's just like, what, like, it's just so wrong. Like there, there's so many problems with that right? Like they, it's a very small amount of information. And then they're, they're giving this advice that they really shouldn't be <laughs> for no. a variety of reasons. Yeah. It's, I think it's one of the biggest problems. I, I think it's, I think it comes a close second behind, um, just misinformation that's out there. I think it's almost as dangerous, um, to provide 
training plans or or training advice to somebody whose case you haven't unpacked. I think that's really risky. Yeah. So, oh, what were you going to say? Were you going to say something? Um, I was just going to go back to like uh, being paid by brands and stuff. Like I, uh, I think a lot of brands take advantage of smaller accounts. Um, and I wish that people would understand that products don't pay bills. Um, people like taking on these kinds of projects is a lot of your time and it benefits the brand and you get maybe like a 20 to $30 product from it. It's not worth it. Um, I see a lot of like smaller accounts doing it because they think that there's like a benefit in it somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's, there's really not like, if you really like something, like I share about things that I like all the time and I'm not benefiting from it. Same. Yeah, me too. Because I think it benefits the dogs, Mm -hmm. right? Like I, I honestly believe that like people should be using these, um, things with their dogs that Mm -hmm. I, I think they're great. Um, but I really, I really hate seeing brands take advantage of smaller accounts getting them to promote stuff for free. Some some uh, brands don't even give the products for free. They'll just give you a discount. Right, yeah. No, that's not product. cool. Like... It's not. It's not okay. It's not acceptable. Um, yeah, anyway, I find that's... like, I w- I've had only one company reach out to me to uh, do a partnership or some sort of like collaboration and um, it's a shame because some, so many of their products were, su- it was a super cool, they had like really cool, like durable snuff, snuff like snuffle mats and like some pretty yeah. neat stuff. But on their website, they also had like what they were pack- packaging as training, um, collars, but they were like slip leads, um, yeah. or training leash, I think they called them, which is like an aversive tool. It's not good. And it's not, yeah. you know, not anything. And so I really encourage people to make sure that they're partnering, um, with like make sure you're in an alignment with the company that you're partnering with in any way and I also like the last couple of weeks um well and you you know this because we talked we talked about this but the last couple of weeks it's really irked me that um if you are if you're an account and you have people who like look up to you I think you have to be very careful or I I really strongly suggest yes. that you be very careful about who you follow because there are a lot of problematic accounts on social media that post a lot of really absolutely right now like dangerous information yeah. and when I click on their page um because I have a lot of followers that will send me posts and say like is this true like can you look at this and debunk it or tell me is this true what they're saying so I kind of come across a lot of like horrific (laughs) stuff (laughs) but a lot of times on those accounts there's like 30 people that I know that are like amazing trainers who are very would be very against what's being posted and they follow those accounts and so many people wrote to me on social media to tell me when I posted about this that they will follow they followed some of these accounts because they saw that the trainers that they looked up to yes. followed them so yeah. i think we need to really start like not just you know we're talking about posting with intention and all of these things and like no you know i think we have to be very careful who we follow because people are looking at us to see who we yeah. follow um so i i recommend to any trainer listening please go through and just like purge your list and don't 
um, promote, you're promoting those people in a matter, in a roundabout way by just simply following them on social media. Yeah. And just to add to that, um, I don't even like a post that I find from like the reels tab, unless I go and look at that person's profile Yeah, and I do like a quick scan through to make sure that they're not doing anything terrible <laughs> because I know that I have a lot of followers and I don't want them to see me liking a post from an account that I think could have potentially dangerous information. A hundred percent. I am so careful. Like I'm always yeah. on people's websites and clicking on the about us tab and um the vast majority of them i'm i'm like a, i'm walking away hot like i'm like no way am i yeah 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 um and and it's ama- it's like it's truly amazing i think sometimes we follow people maybe they then like we 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 do we follow maybe on one post or they like us so we follow them back or whatever yeah. um and then we just forget sometimes we don't even see their content like it doesn't come up so we just forget but so i just i just went through my list and I unfollowed about a hundred people because I was like, yikes, like who are these people? Right. That's an, that's another thing that, uh, I get the, that question a lot is should I follow people when they follow me? Um, like, should you follow people back when they follow you? And no, <laughs> like I do. Oh, do gosh, you? I do. Well, sometimes I do. If I feel yeah, if they reach out to me and we have a conversation, sometimes I follow yeah. back. Yeah. Yes, um, there's and definitely mostly not trainers. Yeah. Usually they're like pet parents and I'm like, oh, I like yeah. your border collie click and I follow. So that's a little bit. Yeah. Different, I suppose, but. Yeah. Yeah. If you connect with the people, you like their content, like, yeah, like obviously follow them. But like I when I first started out, like I would follow back everybody that um, followed me and <laughs> I had to do a lot of unfollowing. Yeah, um, I did that just... in the beginning, too. I think I followed like a thousand people. Yeah. Um, another, I guess, uh, because I have ADD and it's just popping into my brain, but another, uh, thing that people should really do that trainers should, if they can, and when it feels right is to interact with other, um, trainers. It's to support other people, right? Because you want to be supported as well. So like, find the people that align with your values and support them, right? Like, um, like you and I, we, we share each other. We have a lot in common and we share each other's posts. We probably share a lot of followers because we have supported each other over the last couple of years. Right. And Um, I appreciate it so much because I think I, when it comes to like followers and things I have, I've received a lot of followers and I received, I have received clients from that, from those interactions. Um, and a lot of people will talk to me now, like, as if like, they'll always bring you up. They'll say like, I follow you and at two smart dogs. Like they, they follow us. Um, a lot of my followers follow you and, and I know that I'm putting them in good hands. Do you know what I mean? Like, I always feel really good about sharing your content because I know that I'm, I'm not steering them into like the sea of despair (laughs) and that and I feel like it's really important to make those connections and like to to support other trainers and uh creators that who align with your values because 
like, you know, you can create really nice relationships there and you can support each other like with with content. And there there's so much growth that can happen just from those little bits of kindness, you know? Yeah. I mean, I and that's how I I've got a lot of people that I consider friends that I met that way. Like, I think I talk to yeah. you almost on a daily basis on the Internet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and that just came from like chatting back and forth and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. And I, some of my, the, the friends that I've made through, um, like online dog training communities have become some of my best friends. And I just, I do, I talk to them every day. It's like, it's a really great support system too, I think for both trainers and guardians, like, um, online support groups. I think I know it's not social media, but I like, I really think that it's a great place for people who are feeling isolated with their dog's behavior to like be on a fearful dog of the, like the right, like dog kind LLC has an amazing fearful dog support community, like that sort of thing. Just find, find your people, you know, find yeah. your people and, um, promote them. And, um, it's, it goes both ways for sh- abs- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what's next for, at two smart dogs. Oh, well, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I uh, I would like to make two smart dogs my full time gig. Uh, 2024, 2025, maybe. Um, hope my boss isn't listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. <laughs> she's well, maybe, a dog person so oh maybe uh well maybe you'll get like all of a sudden a really nice christmas bonus and raise because i'm trying to keep you <laughs> yeah yeah that would um, be fantastic yeah um i i would i would actually like to start working with dogs um i i have some more educating to do first i need you know i need to like uh get some more knowledge and experience, uh, before I actually, um, independently work with dogs. (laughs) Well, you're on the right track for sure. And I think this information is just going to be so helpful to so many people listening because, um, the internet, the algorithm, it's all just a muddy puddle of dirty water. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I, if, if you want some uh, uh, links to put in the show notes or whatever, um, I can send you some things so that yes. people can have some resources. I think you people know, would love, love that resources. very much. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So for those listening, I will put some links in the um, show notes, but also um, please, please, please go and follow Maria on social media at two smart dogs, T-O-O smart dogs um and Bodie and Sunny and you can pick your favorite and you can you can (laughs) now I don't know who is my favorite I can't decide anymore um but thank you so much because again when we talk about you know monetizing and all of these things like you are doing a lot this is you you give a lot of your information out for free and uh and a lot of people are going to benefit from this. So thank you so much for chatting so. with me today. Yeah, it was All great. Right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Wild at Heart podcast. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Wild at Heart Dogs, online at wildatheartdogs.com. 
I work primarily with herding breed dogs struggling with breed behaviors and reactivity, and I have a complete lineup of webinars, classes, and private virtual training options for clients. Artwork for the podcast was by the talented Ethan Beaudry, theme music by Adam Percy and inspired by Griff, our border collie. Sound editing and post-production was by Secret Clubhouse Sound on Denman Island. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you like the show, subscribe and follow and leave a review. If you have a guest you'd like to suggest, please reach out to me at wildatheartdogs at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.